Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome back to yet another Locked On Sound podcast with my very sleepy co-host, Hunter Trumbull. Uh, it's a great honor to be here, Willie. Well, that doesn't sound super energetic for today's podcast, especially you. since today is quick hit questions sent in from our listeners. So thanks to everyone who sent in questions to us the past week. We're happy to answer them, so make sure you keep sending some in. So this week's is going to be a couple basic questions you know, we've got. I, I, I have a question. What? Are you used to someone telling you quick hit? Wow. We are jumping right into it today. <laughs> All-inclusive podcast here at Lockdown Sound. So we are PC. Remember that, huh? <laughs> it's up to anybody else's imagination. I just asked a question. This is fair. Okay, so now it's time for me to ask you your question, and it won't be as rude. Hunter does not know any of these questions, by the way. So we're going to play it by ear and hope we answer the ones you guys want. So your very first one. You're... Favorite duck to hunt. Go. My favorite duck to hunt. Oh, boy. Well, seeing how I haven't hunted them all yet, and I have not killed them all yet, so I don't know exactly what my favorite one forever would be. Well, so far, what is your favorite Well, right now, my favorite duck to hunt is probably... mm, It's a mix. It comes down to it. It's a mix. I don't know. It might be late greenheads in in the snow, but it might be... Oh... Man, this was supposed to be a softball question for you to start yeah, off our new series. I, I think I'm going with I'm going with divers, um, hoodies and buffs out on out on deep lake. Okay, that's fair. I, um, I like the way they fly across the water. I like kind of how stupid they are. And they're easy to hunt when you get on them. That's I know, for sure. I know. When you're in them, it just feels really nice. I don't have to try as hard. The mallards are really you know it just feels. Like, I love mallard hunting, but if it's not on, it's not on. And they'll fly right over you and, know, and tell you it's not on. <clears throat> but I feel like the divers, if you can just get them to look at you, oh, here they come, buddy. Here they come. If they see a duck, they're coming. And they're sitting butt in your face, dude. I, I like that a lot. And I'm a big color guy, so I, That's like, true. I like all the different varieties of diver ducks going on. Not a bad one. So, easy one for me. Easy one. What do you got? I'd have to, unfortunately, agree with you on that one. Um... The hoodies that we got on last year were some of the favorite ones that we've gotten to kill. The speed, the dumbness, the, the low-flyingness. I mean, you remember when they, they flew down across us from right to left, low to the water, and just cut right back, thanks to our calling, and came right back into the spread. I mean, you can watch them do whirlwind circles two inches above the water. I find that – I just think that's really cool. The mallards will make you work for it. You'll yeah. blow your call like crazy. Or in, maybe you don't, just to try to get them to come in, and you got decoys, and they'll circle and circle and circle and circle and circle, and they'll do that for 10 and then minutes, leave. and then all of a sudden they leave. But uh, what I loved about the hoods last year, though, was we're sitting in the blind, and when you were, where are they at? Hunter, they're coming right across the water. You can't see them, but you couldn't see over the blind at that point. Not low enough no, to where you could low. see the two inches above the water that they no. were flying. I was like, Hunter, they're coming right at us. No. So you didn't get to see them until they were... Halfway above our decoys already. Yeah, they were right in front of us when we shot them. I I didn't get to see them that well. But that's definitely my favorite. Awesome. All right, so the second question should be another softball for you, but it is opinionated to just you. So what is your favorite hunting memory so far? With the – of what? My life? We'll go life. What's your favorite lifetime hunting memory? 
Oh, boy. <clears throat> or let me rephrase that question. I'm sorry to whoever sent that in. I'm going to rephrase your question. What was your funnest haunt of your life? My funnest haunt? Yes, let's, let's switch to that. I don't want no memorable, you know, hunting with so-and-so for the last time. Now, give me your funnest haunt you ever went on. All right. Um, ooh, that's a good one. That is it is a good, good one. one. Um, honestly, the most fun – I went – uh, opening day with my dad and my uncle. Okay. Um, I was probably just old enough to shoot a gun. All right. I mean, I don't even know. How, maybe so two years ago. Got it. You know. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't that long, though. Uh, that's why it's so memorable, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, we camped out for three days, um, and we actually sh- we shot a good, a, a good amount of ducks that weekend, which was actually pretty awesome. But honestly, it was just the... It was the camping and the camaraderie. The duck camp style. Um, but, I mean, I, I'd have to say, like, the best hunt, though, I went to the UP with my dad as a kid, and I didn't get to hunt, but had I got to hunt, I think it would have been awesome, but I had the blast at a time of my life. I mean, they went out, and they were hunting um, snowed cornfields cut, and they were hunting snow geese, or not snow geese, Canadian geese, and uh, they would limp, I mean, there was, I think, eight of them. Eight. Eight, eight guys, they would shoot an eight-man limit in 30 minutes. That's a pretty impressive day they'd, right there. They'd walk out, and we'd, pick, we'd be picking up geese, and they'd be still landing in the spread. And I, I as a kid, remember that, thinking, this looks like so much fun. <laughs> but I was, only, uh, I was only probably about five then, so there was no, no shooting. No me. shooting for you. No, sh- no shooting for me. You'd have been knocked on your ass a little bit. Oh, that. yeah, for sure. One of those I would have to say my favorite, most fun duck hunt would be our first hunt. Hmm, this is a tricky one for me. I'm going to say the first hunt we got on divers last year. That was your most With, fun? Yeah, that was the most fun. With them swimming right into our deeks from right at daybreak. You know, we were sitting there and we heard them quacking from before we even, you know, could shoot, before shooting light came around. And we just we had a great day that day shooting mallards and divers and the, the losing ourselves in the fog on the way out there. It was a very interesting trip. It was. Now you know most memorable hunt though is not even a isn't even a duck hunt. It isn't. What's even your most memorable? Hunt. My most memorable is actually uh, I I got to my ba- my dad was a big deer hunter and he's killed lots of bucks but I got to sit with him in the street stand for his biggest buck kill of yeah. his life and that was my most memorable because I've never seen my dad act like that <laughs> I mean he acted like a little kid pretty excited about I mean, him he saw that buck come in and he tapped me on the shoulder and showed me it and and then he walked right in 20 yards broadside and he dropped him and I mean I, I was pretty pumped because I was like oh man dude I right. just killed a monster but I he was I mean he was giddy. There I wish I had I wish I had a video. <laughs> That'd have been a great video to have right but, there. Uh, that's the most memorable hunt. But I, my most fun hunts definitely have come from the waterfowl side of things. Yeah, I'd agree. There's a lot more that happens to a waterfowl hunt. There's just so much so more. Even though they might not be the most hunt, memorable. That's what I like the most. I mean, in a deer hunt, the most talking you're gonna do is if after you shoot it or right. you didn't see it. It's the only shit. talking or you do. didn't see shit and you're on your way out. <laughs> this is true. A lot of talking comes from that. Okay, so our next question is going to be a tips and tricks question sent in. And it was, this is my first year waterfowl hunting. What tips do you have for me and my friends as we get into this year? They are all experienced waterfowlers, but I am not. Ooh. 
So he's, he's just now getting into the sport. What do you recommend? I know what my recommendation for him is, just because I'm assuming this is probably a 14 to 17-year-old guy. He's going out with his friends hunting. So I, I know what my tips are going to be, but I'm interested to hear what yours are going to be. Hmm. You know, I would say... Aside from go by a lockdown sound call, of course. Well, of course. But, I, you know, I would say don't, especially if your buddies are the typical, the typical somewhere in the teen to 20 years of duck hunters, mm-hmm. don't let them convince you to go. You don't have to blow a lot of money to go duck hunting. Don't let them convince you that you need to go buy Sitka or that you need to go buy 100 decoys. This is true. I think it's all about more having fun and learning, going out and you can talk to every old guy in Saginaw Bay that there is, and they're all going to tell you that they've shot ducks over two decoys and by themselves. So I think my tip, my tips and tricks for you would be just watch, learn. You know, you don't have you don't have to be on the call. You don't have to be the best caller. You just have to have fun. I think um, identifying ducks, practicing your identification is is a good one to do when you're brand new. But just not letting the whole social media screw you up. I'm not saying your buddies would screw you up, but even social media making you think that you have to have the top of the line. You got to have the Browning A5. You got to have the Avian X decoys. You got to have the freaking new. Are you pulling right from our gear pile? Cause I've got Avian X decoys and you have a Browning A5. You know so. what? I, hey, you know, <laughs> I just, it takes time to get things cause we're just starting to get things on ourselves. And, uh, but I would definitely say don't, you don't have to go and get the newest and improved things. You can kill ducks and geese very simply. Yep, you can. So my, my advice ties into that a little bit as far as the, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg kind of thing. But mine was more of a uh, long-term tip as far as find your use, because I'm guessing if all of his friends are experienced waterfowl hunters, they've probably got the decoys, the boat the blind, the spots, you know, everything you really need. So don't just go in there and mooch off of them. You know, if, if you don't have any decoys, a boat, or you're not supplying the spots, be the one that picks up decoys at the end of the day or, you know, helps. The one that brings breakfast. The one that brings breakfast or cooks the breakfast. Or if you have nice calls, you know, be the one that helps call in and lets them get their first shots off sort of thing. Find your, find your purpose. Now... What was last, was last year your, your first year duck hunting? Two years. Two years. Two years. Okay. I was trying to think of when we started. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two years. But, two years. But I mean, so I, you're newer to it than I am. So you Correct. went through a lot of the same things. Right. As he's... As he's, this guy did. As this guy's going through as well. Correct. Now, thankfully, I was walking into a group that didn't have six dozen decoys and... Two duck boats. No, we infinite were, spots. We were already a pretty. Mo- we've been doing. I've been doing it since I was a little kid. We're but, modest hunters, but though. we're very mosh posh group. Yeah, we do it on a budget. Right, for sure. It's a, it's a trailer park budget. It's a trailer park budget. That is for sure. All right, that'll do it. That question. And our fourth and final tip for this quick hit episode of questions is going to be about decoy spreads. So this one was sent off from a different state, I'm guessing, but it was. In Michigan, how do you guys' decoy spreads change throughout the year, and what type of spreads do you guys find to be the most efficient? Well, we start off in September. We're using small family groups of geese. Yep, and this is something we had to learn a lot through last year. I mean, now this is something we're doing. 
I, I don't have that. We don't have the socks and the silhouettes that a lot of these guys do. These aren't big piles of spreads. So these are we're doing small family groups, two, three dozen decoys top. Exactly. These are easy carrying, easy budget kind of spreads. Um, all the way up to when we get to our split, we ran a U last year. We actually really liked running a U. Um, so we we run. You know, obviously they're flying into the wind, so we'd run it facing that way, you them in, and then we'd put a couple pairs of, we put mallards around, and then we'd put a couple pairs of like divers and some geese kind of off the off the group and in little tiny groups here and there, and that seemed to work quite well. And especially for up here in Michigan, I think we learned having a little bit of white in your spread helps a lot too. Yeah. You know, not I, just having all mallards. Especially but. at the end of the year. Um, all, they see mallard spreads all year round, so when it gets to your split or gets to the end of the year, it's it's a little harder to convince them. But if you put a little white in there, it grabs that attention. It's something new, something different. Um, we learned real quick that in the beginning of the year, mojos, spinners, they work they they work they work pretty well. They do um, having movement in your spread, but by the end of the year. We found ourselves shutting them off more than anything because yeah. we were flaring ducks off a lot yeah. with, with movement because they were just too skittish. They'd been shot at shot at so much that they had learned, you know, if they see a movement like that they don't like, they flare off of it pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. So the other final tip that I would have for it is when you're setting out your decoys, you know, our farthest decoy is the farthest point we'll shoot from. And that allows you to have a nice marker for, you know, if that's 40 yards out, you know you're not shooting any ducks past that decoy. Yeah, we, we go out, we'll put the farthest one out, range find, and then bring the U in, into it. Yeah. And then so that way you know where your little pods are, how far away they are, and where your farthest duck is. So when they enter that veil, you know they're in shooting distance. Yeah, they're within, you know, if they're in the back half, you know what distance they're and that's at. A, that's a good way to check yourself while you're in the blind because there's times when you'll be sitting there and you're like, are they close enough? Are they too far away? Where are they at right now? And you can't quite tell because they're moving so fast and they're going usually side to side. Uh, it's And then sometimes, you you know, you say take them and it was way too early. Yep. And then sometimes you're saying take them and all of a sudden they're over the top of your head and they're gone. And you're like, yep. well, I was way too freaking And other late. times you're saying let them circle back and they flare off after that. So, <laughs> they never come back. And then you look at each other and you go, man, those ducks were at like 30 yards out, weren't they? We should have taken that shot. Yeah. So uh, these are all great. These are all good tips. Yeah, they are. And it's it's good. And I think it changes a lot from where you're hunting. We, we actually, I switched over last year to rigging up. We were I was just running a regular line with a sinker on it. Um, but I switched up to, it's adjustable now. I've used paracord. Yeah. To, and that, that was a game changer. To put a slip knot on it and it allows me to switch them from like three feet all the way up to like 16 feet. Well, when we got in the deep water, we realized we needed those to be a lot deeper. Yeah. So a lot of guys are going to be like, that's a lot of extra cord. There's a lot of extra stuff going on there. But I mean, you have your Texas rig. You've got all these other hooks and stuff going on. What's the extra cord a little bit? Yeah, spend the 20 bucks on the extra paracord. You already have 100 bucks worth of decoys. It gave us big-time versatility because when we were hunting little marsh, little ponds, I could hug them back up, and they wouldn't get stuck in the weeds or nothing like that. But when we hunted Saginaw Bay or we were hunting big water, you wanted to open them up. Yeah, because or else they'd be floating away in other people's spreads, which did happen to us a couple times in the beginning of the year. On um, the beginning of the year when we had, yeah, just our regular <clears throat> tie-up, yeah, no, they floated off real quick, real quick. We need to fast. rig up my new wow. decoys this year as well. We've got some that we need to rig up that yeah, don't have any line on them. Yeah, we do. So 
But I think that'll conclude us for this quick podcast of some question and answers. So we've got more to get to, and we will get through those within the coming weeks. But keep sending them in, and thank you guys for listening.